Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So in the spirit of doing a weekly baseball podcast, Armando and I are actually doing a weekly baseball podcast. Uh, welcome to the seventh inning stretch. I'm, I'm Justin. Joining me as always is Armando. And we're, we're going to get into it because it's a, it's a big week in baseball. Armando, not even going to let you say hi. The biggest news of them all, Alex Rodriguez. Ah, man, Alex. Well, first off, hello. I'm going to say hi anyway, because I'm not rude. Um, Alex Rodriguez, bro. Uh, it's sad the way they did them. They did him. I mean, he's there and he's, he's saying that it's not his decision to do it. I mean, he's okay with it because he's getting paid buku bucks to do whatever the fuck he's going to do. Right. I mean, advise or whatever the fuck that really means. But. I, ultimately, you could see it on his face that he wasn't happy with that. He would have wanted to keep playing. I know everybody, he said, just like, you know, it came out of his mouth. Everybody wants to keep playing. Nobody wants to really call it quits. It's never, it's never really time. But although I think ultimately it was time, I think that there could have been a place in the game somewhere for him if he wanted to keep playing as a part-time player or as, a, you know, uh, somebody to mentor some kids. That'd be good. But uh, New York's not the place for that, obviously. And it's not what the Yankees really wanted. So... I guess they'd rather just pay him some money to kind of disappear for a little while. Yeah, there's one thing there that I don't really get in your comment, which is mentoring some kids. A-Rod's always been kind of known as a 24-1 and guy, so like they're bringing him around a new organization, but uh, is that the healthiest place for him? And I mean, I, I've never... I, I Actually, I shouldn't say this. I have met Alex Rodriguez exactly once for about 45 seconds, Hilarious. so I can't say I've met Alex Rodriguez, so that takes away the... I can't... I've never... like. You know, people are like, I've, oh, I've never met Alex Rodriguez. Well, I have. 45 seconds. Handshake crushed my hand. It was uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> he's a very big man. He uh, he always had the reputation. I mean, I remember when he was a free agent in 2000, when he got that original deal from Texas. Uh, one of the teams that was heavily linked to him was the Mets. Like, that was actually assumed to be like, this is the next piece to go in a, you know, this team made it to the World Series. This is the next thing to make it into an arms race in New York. And the Mets never gave him the, the money that Texas did because nobody's been dumb enough to give anybody that much money, especially at that point in time. Uh, uh, since then, people have been dumber. But um, nobody gave anybody that close to that much money. It was 252 over 10 in 2000. 
the closest contract was Manny making 165 over, I think, eight at the same in the same offseason. So it, it was unforeseen money. And the reason and, and apparently the contract demands basically had uh, Steve Phillips quoted saying, like, he's a 24 and one guy. And that tag stuck. You have all the steroid stuff. You have the fact that the union didn't even really want to protect him that much. Yeah, dude, I, I get that, but I like—I mean, my only rebuttal to that is Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds was very much a twenty-four and one guy. He was very much looking out for himself. I mean, him and Jeff Kent used to go at it in that Giants clubhouse all the fucking time, right? He had if there's a problem- ever a fight, you wanted both people to be able to lose. Yes, I, I agree one hundred percent. But uh, terrible human beings. But either yeah. way, Barry Bonds' impact is undeniable. What he's doing at, at, in Miami—it's not fucking Don Mattingly. I can tell you that firsthand. Barry Bonds is really helping these players, especially like the Yelich's and the and, and, and Stanton and, and the Ozuna. D. Gordon! Yes, fuck, you know what? D. Gordon. Yes, absolutely. And they're going to be... He helped him get suspended for steroids. That's fine, bro, but they're going to be a real contender going down the stretch for one of these wild card spots, and, and they're not going away, and it's because of leadership from people like Barry Bonds, man. It is what it is. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and it's, it's, it's a young and talented team, but you know, A-Rod a- and Bonds are kind of held in the same breath. The only difference is Bonds was better at basically keeping the press and Major League Baseball at arm's length. The, you know, Bonds for all of the shit that he pulled, and some of it was really bad, especially considering the fact that like you know there have been accusations of him, you know, physically intimidating and a little bit beyond to his is I think it's his girlfriend uh, to keep her quiet uh, when he during the whole Balco thing, but. That was kept. That got kept quiet. So Bonds never suffered in the same way through how public uh, Aaron's was. Part of it is, you know, don't do an interview with Vanity Fair where you have a picture of yourself as a centaur. And <laughs> and the other part of it is, don't date Madonna. Oh, he made some poor choices, bro. It's true. He's he, he's made some bad choices. It's true. I mean, it's undeniable, but. You know, but but still, I mean, to see to see a guy go out before he wants to go out, it's never a comfortable sight. And to do it in a press conference, and the Yankees have always been ice cold. Um, yeah, it's just been weird, and especially following Teixeira and, and and that you know situation. It's just been a weird week in New York for the Yankees, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's for me, Alex Rodriguez is undeniably talented baseball player. I remember watching him in Seattle. One of the best players we've ever seen. I remember watching him in Texas, and he was a fucking monster. Um, He he moved to third base, and it was seamless. Gold gloves there. Uh, For me, yeah, he did what he did, and he's a cheater, and it is what it is. But like you and me always say. Who wasn't cheating in those days? You know what I mean? Exactly. It is what it is. It's part of the game. It's into, it's woven into the fabric of baseball. It is what it is. And uh, so, yeah, it's undeniable to say that. Is he a likable guy? No. But it's still a shame to see him go out like this. Uh, yeah. But let's let's talk about the sheriff since I kind of touched on that. What are your thoughts on Tech? I, I, I want to I put one thing in on A-Rod before, before yeah, we get yeah, into sure. I don't buy the fact that he's done, and I think Boris will find him another team next year. Oh, uh, He's going to be Terrell Owens? I think he's gonna. I think he's. I think he thinks he can handle one more season, and that's what he wanted to do coming into this. That was the plan. The Yankees sped it up, and look, he, he can't hit. He can't hit right-handed pitching at all anymore. But who knows? I, I think. I think he wants to go out on his own own terms, and I think that's him. You know, real him realizing himself instead of the Yankees realizing it for him, even though he looks cooked. No, Teixeira. I could see that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I. Great player. Here's a question. Do you think he's a Hall of Famer? If you look at his numbers as a switch hitter, I think he has to be. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think second most is a switch hitter of yeah, all time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's right. And uh, not just that. I mean, for the first half, if not more than first half of his career, he played 150 games on average. So he was a durable guy. I know, you know, he's been a mess and his body's given up on him in recent years. Uh, I'm not a huge Tex fan, to be quite honest. I never thought he was, uh, you know, that flashy or that amazing but he he he, he was consistent uh and uh he, he was good defensively as well tex was a quality baseball player is he a hall of famer probably not first ballot but yeah at some point i think he does get in yeah actually who has more home runs Trevor beltron i think beltron might have more than him. i want to say carlos beltran at this point yeah yeah so that would yeah so beltron's another switch hitter who has more homers than him but uh, uh, nonetheless that's splitting hairs at, at the fact that beltron's almost certainly in my yeah he's a hall of famer, hall of famer. for sure but I think Deshera is close. I mean, once again, it, it's it's all the things that you're bringing up, like you know the switch hitting, this is the power switch hitting, the athleticism at first base. Like you know, he was an elite first baseman, and people say, oh, well, but is that an elite first defensive first baseman can, can save you a lot of runs, especially just you know bad throws to first. He made those plays. He made plays down the line. Like he was an elite corner player. Uh, thought he was a great player. Yeah, I. I Really just, I'm like, I'm, I'm like with you though, just don't like him that much. You know what I think happened to in the later half of his career? Analytics got the best of everything and uh, the shift occurred and it just, it just screwed him. His average really suffered because I think before you start seeing analytics and shifts really come into play early on in his career, you saw him actually having a better average and uh, pulling the ball a lot more for success. And I think that really cost him and a lot of guys to be quite honest. Yeah, I could, I could understand that. I, I, I get that, and I'm you know you know how much I dislike the shift, but at the same token, I also think that professional hitters need to be able to put the ball the other way so that you don't shift on them. Hey man, you're preaching to the choir. Absolutely, I agree with that 100. percent I actually like when I Neil I saw Neil Walker laid out a bunt against the shift, and I thought it was great. I wish more players would do that. I see Jock Peterson do that from time to time, and he always fouls it. He's always at the oh. dog. It's terrible. It's, it's there's such like, bad funda- fundamentals for bunting in baseball right now. Uh, these youngsters, bro, they don't, they, they don't. You know, National League baseball as a whole, bro, it's just not what it used to be. What you and me grew up on, and it's, it's. We 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 talk about this all the time. It's just a damn shame, though. Yeah, and, bef- and before we go to the likable guy who retired this week, one other total aside, I've I've been paying especially close attention to some base running re- re- lately. Like really, really close because I've you know I've heard people complain that base running in the majors has gotten bad. It's fucking terrible. Oh yeah, it's terrible, man. Nobody is getting the jumps. You know what? I, back in the day, you used to see a guy stand on second, turn around, check where the outfielders are. You don't see none of that shit anymore. This guy doesn't even turn around. He doesn't care where the shortstop is. This guy does not care. They don't get good jumps. It, it's terrible. They're either yeah, over aggressive. Nobody teaches that fundamental. No, exactly. They're either over aggressive or not aggressive enough. Nobody pays attention to the third base coach. It's just all gone to shit, man. Yeah, I mean, after watching what game? It was one of the games this weekend. It was, it was the Giants and the Nats. I saw a hit, you know, I saw multiple hit and runs where no contact was made, and yeah. I don't understand why you would even try a hit, like try a hit and run where you're not going to make contact, a managerial mistake. But if you're the base runner, you have to be able to tell and recognize from the pitch that maybe I should hold back for a second, maybe I shouldn't go here. It's not like it's, oh, this is called, so I have to move. 
Yeah, no, no, I agree. I mean, usually it's not even a hit and run anymore. It's more of a run and hit for that reason. Like, hey, you know, get the jump, see what 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 it looks like, and then you know, make your decision there. But you know, nobody's really using their brain anymore on the base pass, man. It's not even reactionary anymore. I think back in the day, we got spoiled with watching these guys really fly around the bases and really, you know, try to take the extra base, try to really take advantage of positional play, and and that's just really disappearing in the majors and and. I think that's a trickle-down effect, and we're probably not seeing that in the minors, and people are being rushed into the big leagues, and a lot of that is is forcing a lot of fundamentals to really, you know, Go be overlooked. Window. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, but that was an aside. We could, we could do an entire podcast about bad base running uh, because there's a lot of it in the majors. If we actually just watched every single game over, over a week and documented every spot of bad base running, we'd, uh, we'd, we'd have an hour. Oh, absolutely. At least an hour. Yeah. But uh, now for the likable guy who retired today. Um, after next surgery, Prince Fielder, uh, he of 319 home runs, same as his father, Cecil, same exact amount they retired with, um, retired today because he just couldn't recover from neck surgery. What, what did you think about Prince Fielder as a player overall now with the immediate retrospective on his career? I thoroughly enjoyed Prince Fielder as a baseball player. He always was somebody that uh, had fun. He was always around the game. It was never too big for him. Uh, the home run derbies and then the shows he put on there, I'll never forget either. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the thing for me is is I always think he, he always had a smile on his face for the most part. He was a good teammate. It seemed like everybody really enjoyed him and, and he enjoyed the game. And you could actually see that today in his press conference. It was actually pretty tough to watch. Uh, but... Uh, for me, I have nothing but the most respect for him. I was a big fan of his dad as well, and uh, so to see him and have the same amount of home runs, it's kind of a little bit eerie, a little bit crazy. Uh, but for me, dude, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Prince. It's a shame that he's going out the way he's going out because, uh, you know, I just think, in, in all honesty, perhaps his weight had something to, to do with it. Perhaps it was a little hard for him to recover and get back to, you know, to where he needed to be. It's a lot of things, I think, but as a baseball player... I think I'm always going to be have fond memories of Prince Fielder, and I. It's a shame that he's gone because even whether it was on the Tigers, the Rangers, you know, or Milwaukee, he was always a lot of fun to to, uh, to watch, and and he always had good chemistry with his teammates. He was always a big a big cog, a big piece in those teams, and uh, you know. For me, it kind of sucks, dude, especially watching that press conference and watching how, how crushed he was, how crushed his kids were. And, and it was just really, really hard to watch and really sad to see a grown man in that state. Yeah, I have to fully agree with you. He did. There was one moment in the press conference, though, that was great, which is when he thanked Scott Boris for being good at getting contracts. <laughs> well, at least he's, you know, he's never been somebody that's been afraid to be honest. And, and I appreciate that about him. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of times these players aren't as candid as you'd probably like them to be. So at least he could joke about it. But at the same time, you know, be, be, be blunt and honest because due to that, he's going to get 20 plus million for the next four years still. And his family's going to be well off due to it, you know? So. Yeah. And there's some, so there's something you brought up Fielder with, the, uh, which you brought up with Fielder, which is impossible not to notice, which is his, his weight. Um, I, I haven't seen a guy work quite so hard with trying to because he just was genetically predisposed to being big he worked so hard at trying to keep weight off uh you know remember when he famously went to an all vegan diet just to do it and even then like he just couldn't keep the weight off of his body like that's just how his body is and you have to think that that's got to be one of the causes of just you know neck injuries back injuries tend to happen to heavier heavier athletes more often 
And you have to just think that that was it. And it's just something he couldn't control. And it sucks because as compared to uh, a guy like A-Rod or Teixeira, who Teixeira thinks in his late 30s, A-Rod's 40, Prince Fielder's 33. He's yeah. retiring pretty early in his, in, his, in, his, in his baseball life. Yeah, it's just about, you know, the prime of, of, of someone's career, to be quite honest. I mean, it, it, it's just a shame, dude. It is. It's an absolute shame. But he also had some of the better home plate cere- like home plate celebrations after home runs. Like when he, uh, I believe, acted as a bowling ball to knock down uh, 10 of his Brewers teammates after a uh, walk-off home run win. Yeah, no, no, no. It was always well orchestrated. That, that's for sure, man. He always had fun with it, and and that's what's important, I think. And that's what's going to be, you know, the long-lasting memory of Prince Fielder is he enjoyed the game, and he 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 really, like you said, worked really hard to be as good as he could, and as you know, as lean as he could. And it just is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to another piece of baseball news uh, this week, um, we we've had a we've had an actor as president of the United States, and now a pitcher claims that he will be running for president of the United States. Armando, can I get a reaction on uh, Kurt Schilling's announced 2024 presidential run? I don't even know what to say to this. Um, he's a buffoon. I actually enjoy the back and forth between you and him. It, well, maybe it's just kind of one he stopped way. Responding. Yeah, he maybe stopped it's responding. just kind of one way, but it's fucking hilarious to me. It's a, it's, I'm shocked he hasn't blocked you yet, to be quite honest. Uh, fuck Kurt Schilling, dude. It's what? So he could do what, what what we're seeing now in the Republican Party so we can see the same shit? You know, another bigot, another asshole? I mean, we don't got to get into politics, but really, I think it's a joke, and Kurt Schilling as a man is a joke. So it's, it is, it, it, it's, you know, fitting for him. Here, here. I, uh, I, I'm not even going to make it a point about politics. I'm just going to make it a point on the fact that uh, if you call everybody an idiot all the time, at some point, you're going to call someone who's really smart, stupid over something that they know more than you about. And you're, and and like, to me, that's like the, the primary definition of ignorance. And that's, uh, that's what he, that's what he's been doing. But, uh, I only wanted to throw that one in there just to get your reaction to Kurt's announced run. We don't have to talk about it much longer. Um, I do ever want to talk about the now ragingly hot Detroit Tigers. Do you think this team that both you and I actually thought would be not good at the beginning of the season has a shot at actually doing something? Uh, I think they're going to fizzle out, man, to be quite honest. I don't think they have the staff for it. The Indians are a far better pitching staff and, to be quite honest, probably a far better baseball team. Uh, and, and to me, it's the Tigers' away record that scares me. They're under five they They're not really that good away from Comerica. And uh, I think that's going to cost them, as, as opposed to the Indians, who are red hot both home and away. They, they really have good splits. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see the Tigers making it perhaps one of the wild card spots. But even that, I I think is a stretch they're they're so reliant on on their offense and those teams always i like overly reliant on their offense i mean annabelle sanchez pitching to is six and a half era or it's probably now closer to six because he faced the mets last week which is a good way to lower your era <laughs> uh, but um he uh he pitched he's been pitching to a six and a half era he's had two good starts in a row obviously as i mentioned one against the mets so that doesn't count uh but uh he, uh, that, that's just, that's a guy you're actually relying on to get you innings. Uh, you have, you know, Verlander is, is what he is. I mean, you have three starters coming into there with an ERA over four and a half. I, I don't see how that works out for you. That said, 
J.D. Martinez is now healthy. J.D. Martinez has proven himself to be a hell of a player. Miggy Cabrera is basically one of the best five hitters that I think like you and I have probably seen in our lifetimes. Uh, Ian Kinsler, totally underrated, great player. Did lose Castellanos for the season, though. He's been very, very good. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't know, man. Like you said, they're relying on, on, on hitting and all those guys getting healthy is good, but are all those guys going to get hot and stay hot? I think pitching is always going to be a little bit more consistent, and that's what the Indians have. And I don't know, the, the the big teams in the AL East, you know, they're they're always making noise, and they're, you know, it's, I don't know. Wild card, maybe, maybe they have a shot, but it's going to be tough. Yeah, so speaking of those teams in the AL East, uh, thanks to a listener question, we've been asked, who's going to win the AL East? Armando, who's going to win the AL East? I got the Orioles. The you got Orioles. the Orioles. Yeah, even though their away record is really, really shit, they're 24 and 32, uh, their home record is phenomenal. Uh, 39 and 17, Camden Yards is really a fortress for them. And uh, I know they're tied right now with the Blue Jays at the top of the East, but I really do like the O's. Mark Trumbull's been consistent all year. Uh, Adam Jones has been good. Their staff has been better than, than expected. Uh, for me, it's going to be the O's. Although I do like the Jays. I know that you like the Jays as well, uh, but... I like the Jays as long as they have Aaron Sanchez starting, which they do now every sixth day. But it's, it's that's, better than that's that. how it's better. Yeah, better than him not starting. That's kind of what I need. But even that every sixth day, expanding that rotation, I don't love. Um, I'm, I'm on the fence between those two teams. I don't think Boston has enough to win it. No, but I do think Boston has enough to kill into one of those wild card spots. So, you know. Yeah, and Boston's offense, the way it's constructed over a short period of time, like the playoffs. Like I know I don't love relying on an offense to necessarily win, but that offense as it's constructed over the course of like, you know, three weeks, which is basically the playoffs worked out to could, could win a world series. Oh yeah. And you don't want to see David Ortiz in the postseason and give him a chance to make big impacts and, 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 and you know, have a, I don't know where you have any evidence of that. No, absolutely not. Just making things up fallacies, of course. Yeah, I, I don't know how you possibly think that David Ortiz could be a clutch hitter. But it's also, I, I, I just, I buy that Baltimore offense at home so much that I think it can carry them. And the fact that they're, the fact that I think that most of the games they have left with Toronto head to head are actually in Camden Yards also helps them. Yes, yes. That's I need a very to fact check point. that though. But I think, I, think right, I saw that yeah. earlier today. Um, but the other thing I don't buy is uh, Baltimore starting pitching research. It's, I, I, it's it, like, it doesn't make sense to me. Dylan Bundy, solid prospect. Kevin Gaussman, solid prospect. Now that neither of them really put it together too much until now, but man, are they putting it together? And Zach Britton's unhittable. Yeah, Zach Britton has proven to be that. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know, like, like you said, dude, this kind of came out of nowhere because they've been average, mediocre pitchers for what we've seen. They've been good prospects, but they haven't really put anything together. And now, they're just carrying this club, and it, it, you know, sometimes these teams come out of nowhere and they just stay hot, and they 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 they're able to do this, and and the way they're playing at home, it's just really really going to be tough to beat the O's. Yeah, and, and on top of that too, I don't think any of these teams face anything in any of the other divisions as good as them. Yeah, no, I think that's right, except point. for Cleveland, and I think they've I think I hope that all of them have already played Cleveland. I'm not sure, but Cleveland's really Cleveland's really good. Um, Trevor Bauer last night about dueling Max Scherzer was a sight to see because Scherzer took a no-no into the sixth inning 
and Bauer Bauer outpitched him. Now, I, I know I didn't put this onto our very rudimentary agenda, guys. We use very rudimentary agendas here. But uh, Max Scherzer, when he is on, is there a better pitcher in baseball? I don't know, man. He's really impressive. It's not just, you know, his fastball. It's his location, the way he switches speeds. When Max Scherzer is on, you know, he's top three for sure. Kershaw, Bumgarner, probably the other two in that conversation. But Scherzer has to be on the top of that list. He's so, so good, you know, when he's on and it's clicking. And the thing about him is, it, is he stays that way for a little bit. He, he He's very streaky, if you will, as a pitcher. And if he's on, he stays on for months. And, and, and that could be scary. And, and I mean... Yeah, he's been, I, he's been on fire since beginning of June. Yeah, that's what I mean, and and he could carry that for the rest of the season. To be quite honest, he's capable of that. Uh, yeah, Max Scherzer is incredibly impressive, man. Yeah. Now, I, I know I put this into our agenda, and he kind of reminds me of a pitcher from yesteryear. So uh, we haven't really ever spoken too much about Nolan Ryan, and the reason this comes into my head is I recently watched on Netflix the movie Fastball, which discusses the fascination with the fastball. Um, it's a, it gets a seventh inning stretch recommends. Um, I'm speaking for Armando on that one too, but I'm sure he'll enjoy it if he hasn't seen it. I've seen it. It's um, great. Okay. Yeah. So not necessarily. So we unanimously speak for that, but Nolan Ryan, um, when I saw this, the thing I was most amazed with is the estimate on Nolan Ryan's fastball use a clock using modern techniques, is 109 miles an hour. First off, do you think that's possible? <laughs> Uh, I don't know if it's possible. Araldis Chapman can't do it, so I'm going to say, as of now, it's not possible. I, I don't think it is either. But the other question it brought up, and I mean, watching this movie made me look up his career stats, and I don't know if he's the most overrated player in the history of baseball or not, but I think he might be. Uh, overrated, maybe. Uh under, I'm not uh, saying he's not great. No, like, no, no, I'm no. I'm not no. saying he's not a Hall of Famer. I, no, absolutely. I hear what you're saying. Overrated? Yeah, maybe. I think it's more like a myth. Like he's like this big, rough and tough cowboy John Wayne ass dude. You know what I mean? Who just throws the ball really fucking hard. Um, but I, I do think he's underappreciated as far as baseball is concerned. I don't think he's talked about enough. I, I know when he is mentioned, it's this mythical thing, and he, you know, but. He, it's his longevity. It's, it's how great he was for different teams. How, how, you know, how much of an impact he really had in the game. And for me, no, even, you know, in his, in his stint in the front office with the, with the Rangers and what he did for that club, I think, you know, he's underappreciated, but yeah, he might be overrated as well. Yeah. I, I was just, the things that stood out to me in his, uh, in his career stats is he had about 12 seasons where he won the second most games on his uh, team in an era where win-loss record was actually indicative of the kind of pitcher you were. Um, he routinely led the league in walks. Subsequently, also usually allowed the fewest hits per nine and struck out the most batters and rarely pitched for teams that were any good. So he's Brett Favre. He's Brett Favre. He is the baseball equivalent of Brett Favre. Fair enough. Hey. Yeah. Fair enough. Brett Favre, both, both into the Hall of Fame, both Glunsingers. But my favorite thing to find out about Nolan Ryan was, so Ryan finally tore the ulnar collateral ligament in his arm at 46 years old. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The last pitch he threw when he felt it snap at 46 still came in at 98 miles an hour. That's impressive. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. The last pitch of his career as a fastball was at 98 miles an hour. You look at some of these guys now, 
And like the, their, their last pitch, you know, at 32 is 91 and they're trying to work off a of diminished stuff. How did Nolan Ryan keep that so long? Like that's, that's not normal. He's a freak. Yeah, he's absolutely a freak. And uh, yeah, like I said, dude, he's, he might be overrated, uh, but, but you know, he's a Hall of Famer, like you said, for a reason, and he's that well-deserved. For me, it's just a matter of appreciating him as a whole, and I think that, that goes by the wayside sometimes. But yeah, dude, I, I think it's great that we brought him up, or that you brought him up, and, and it's a good question, to be quite honest, because he is one of those people that you can be on the fence about, or, or, or yeah, no, it's a great question. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that brought it into my head besides seeing the movie Fastball is also this week was the 23-year anniversary of the greatest ass-beating in Major League Baseball history. Nolan Ryan taking out Robin Ventura. Ventura deserved every bit of that. Oh, completely, but it's still the greatest ass-beating oh, yeah. in Major League yeah. history. Yeah, I, I love every second of watching that. If you ever, I mean, it's just the headlock and the punches, it, it's just it's just fantastic. Uh, so the last topic I wanted to get to today, Armando, actually, and I didn't put it into what we planned on discussing is because I was waiting to see if you guys could, uh, could get there, but the Dodgers without Clayton Kershaw weathering the storm have actually tied the giants in the NL West. Now, first off, it actually looks like a wild card will come out of the West, despite the fact that you and I thought that it wouldn't because both those teams are going to at least play a game in October. But, uh, how do you feel about this? How do you like your chances? I actually, I, I like my chances. I think the way the boys have been playing is really good. I couldn't be probably prouder of the team because of the amount of injuries. We've had 26 guys on the DL this year. We've, like you said, Clayton's been out. We've tried to bring back Brent Anderson. We kind of had to bring back McCarthy. Ryu hasn't been back yet. Uh, Maeda's been good. Scott Casimir, I texted you the other day. He's an abomination of a man. Uh, but ultimately, they've been playing good baseball. They look like they're having fun. They're playing for each other. Adrian Gonzalez hasn't had the best year, but he's getting picked up. Corey Seager's been amazing. Uh, but shout out to Adrian Gonzalez, though, hitting 300 home runs. Got to shout him out for that. Uh, but yeah, uh, Justin Turner's turning it on after the break. He's on fire. He's carrying the team. I mean, for a team that has Justin Turner as their number three hitter, uh, it, 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 I couldn't be happier with where we're at, to be quite honest. Justin Turner's actually turned into a really good major league baseball player. It sticks in my craw, but he's turned into a really good major league baseball player. Yeah. Yeah. And he's consistent and, uh, he seems to be a really nice guy. He does a lot in the community. He, he, uh, for us, I think Justin Turner is a key piece and, and it, it, it's, it, you know, it really turned a corner for his career and it's really benefited the Dodgers. Absolutely. Your guys' blunder on letting him go for nothing. Yeah, absolutely, completely. And the other thing I, I need to ask about the Dodgers is, I don't. Did you see the um, the videos of Yaziel Puig and his new teammates in Oklahoma City? I saw them. Um, it, what exactly do you think the Dodgers should do with Puig besides fire him out of a cannon into outer space? I don't think Yaziel Puig. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious. I don't think Yaziel Puig will ever play another game for the Dodgers. Um, and it's a shame because ultimately, athletically and and 
with what he has, he has the talent to do it. He's he's a physical specimen. He he has all five tools. We've seen him be able to make the plays when he focuses and he harnesses his skill. But that's the hard part is getting him to focus and getting him to give a shit. And I mean, it, it's so it's such a shame that like all this talent, he just couldn't just curb his behavior and just take care of business and be you know what he is. But I, I mean, ultimately, it's hard also to discuss. We've discussed this on this podcast, coming from absolutely nothing and. Excuse me, and the hardships that he's had, he doesn't know how to act. He doesn't know how to do with all this, you know, this abundance, and it's it's just a shame. And and it's a shame that now he's getting his AAA teammates involved, and they're getting themselves in trouble. And it's just really a bad look for him and and for the organization as a whole, to be quite honest. And it's a shame because I I, I don't dislike SEL Puig. It, it was just really frustrating, and he's been really frustrating as somebody that really wanted him to succeed. Uh, you know, I, I have a cousin that works and in, in, in interviews and, and, and works in media, and he says that really it, it, the clubhouse is, is better off without him, and, and they feel that way for the most part. And, and he says he's not the most you know courteous person in interviews and things like that. And he, he, So I think he just needs a lot of growing up to do, and, and hopefully he can, and he can make it to the bigs and succeed. I just don't think it'll be in L.A. Uh, I, I agree with you now. I, I do have one totally – bizarre question about this. If you're one of his teammates, Oklahoma city, and you're going out partying with a guy who, you know, has a contract of, you know, 42 million over, I think six or seven years, either way, he's got, he's got some money. Are you an asshole? If you pay for, if, are you an asshole? If you, if, if you pay for a drink or to like, does he has to pay for everything? If you go out, like how, do, how do you think that should work? I'm sure. Yes. is paying for absolutely everything there and not yeah. even batting an eye about it. Yeah, and I mean, I can't exactly picture Oklahoma City as being like a really expensive place, but I've always wondered what happens when like a guy who's making that much money gets sent down to the minors and does it willingly. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> his mind is somewhere else, and that's that's obvious. And, you know, hopefully he can figure it out. But like I said, it won't be in L.A., and uh, this is probably the last year he's in our our organization as a whole. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, should be a, it should be a wonder, and, you know, what you can get for him. And it also... I think that the first era of Cuban players who have really kind of come in lately, um, you know, be it Castillo, Rumdi Castillo, Yaziel Puig, Hector Oliveira, like, and I'm not saying this because of the fact that the two of them had di- some disciplinary issues of varying amounts because Rumdi Castillo is supposedly, you know, supposedly a really nice guy. Um, and then you have Cespedes, who's actually delivered on this. You know, the, the, the book is out that not every single Cuban player is going to be an all-star. So... I think we. I think it's going to get to a point where major league teams need to see a lot more of these guys before they're signed. I agree. I agree. I think it's you know a lesson for a lot of ball clubs and a lot of organizations. It's not. Uh, but you know now with relations, I think it'll be easier to see a lot more baseball and get a lot a little bit more sample size of these guys. So I think it'll be better and more of a sure thing when they do come over. But yeah, it's it's a bit disappointing that uh, it's kind of been trial by error and learning on the fly. And unfortunately, the Dodgers got bit. You know. But to be yeah. quite honest, Puig isn't on that. I mean, three million. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Puig, it's not like the Dodgers, who are the richest organization in baseball at this point, can't afford to make a mistake or two. Um, you know, every major every major market franchise in the in the major leagues can afford to make a mistake. That even includes the continually cash strapped New York Mets. Yeah. But every team can every even the even the small market teams they all they all generate money. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Baseball is a game, and that's why contracts are guaranteed. It's all money. Baseball is, is a ton of it. There's more than enough to go around. So that, uh, that, I think, brings us to the end of this week's edition 
Uh, as always, I enjoyed myself. I believe Armando did too, but I'll speak for him again in saying that, yes, he did. <laughs> I did, everybody. <laughs> All right. So from myself and Armando, uh, thanks, everybody, and have a nice week. And as always, any complaints to Armando Angulo 12. Thanks, everybody. Bye, Armando Angulo 12. All the complaints. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly, Tilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.